Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, Bobby. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Bobby Rush. I'm better known as Sue's boyfriend. I'm hoping that you're getting ready to listen to some good music, hear some good stories from myself and about myself and around and about about myself and on this beautiful, beautiful station. We're gonna this is this is takeover blues moment for Bobby Rush. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be one of them kind of times they're going to tell some things that I have told before, but that's going to be a few things we're going to talk about never been said or mentioned before. And part of it's going to be about myself, my friend Buddy Guy, and many other people. Uh, we'll just listen to the music, stay tuned in. If you move that dial, Buddy Guy and myself, we'll get together. I want you to know I sing the blues, y'all uh, Everywhere I go I've been singing the blues For a long, long time And the blues the only thing, y'all That's on my mind I'm a blues man That's what I do I'm a blues man I sing the blues for you I'm a blues man That's all I know Somebody asked me where I've been Around the world I'm going again Somebody asked me what's my name My name is Blues Man I'm a Blues Man
but the girl they understand. I'm a blue man. I heard somebody say. That's, that's Mr. Bobby Rush right there. You don't get a better introduction than that right there. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are ready for the next couple hours. We are going to play some really, really cool music as picked out by the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bobby Rush. And we're going to talk about Bobby's career, talk about him and his friendship with Buddy and all the different blues giants and, and just um, Bobby's stories from the road, man, and, and what he's up to. Talk about his latest book. Talk about his music. He's got a brand new album that just came out and all kinds of good stuff. So hope you guys are ready because we're going to talk about the blues. All right, Bobby, let's get this party started here, man. And uh, this could go back a while ago or just, you know, when was the magic moment, Bobby, when you realized you were good enough to make records? Uh, uh, 1951. 1951, I thought I was good enough to, to be whatever all the big boys would be, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Charlie Hooker, Louis Jordan, B.B. Uh, B. King, and many other guys, just a bunch of guys who that I grew up listening to and being a part of and being friendly to and come to be good friends to most of us. That's cool to put a guy. Of course, I'll tell you one thing, I, out of all the guys I, I was around all of my days, I, sometimes I talk to but a guy lately more than I ever talked to him. Not because we had a dissident of music, just that I didn't know he was from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. When I found out he was from Louisiana, man, just been many years ago, but mm-hmm. but I believe he came to Chicago with a guy, Curly's place on Madison Street, and uh, 1957, not a fight. I don't know what month it was, but in 1957. Okay. But he and Junior Webb were working together. He was working on it with Chess and Willie Dixon, playing right. guitar and, and doing like I was doing. Had another job on the side. I think he had a tow truck job. That's correct. And I was driving tow truck, and I was doing some things that Kid Kid Industry, a factory, on the uh, through the week and trying to play music on the weekend. And then I started recording in uh in the early fifties. Uh, Willie Dixon, people like that, who invited me down to Chess Recording Company. <clears throat> but when he invited me down, he wanted to write some songs for me. And I didn't like Willie Dixon's songs because they were like one in my bag and what have you. He brought a song to me. I remember the song he said of uh, Wiggling Warren. And I laughed at, at him about the song. I didn't think the song was too great. <laughs> but Willie Dixon was the kind of a guy who did a lot of things for a lot of different guys. So he said, but I didn't see if he was doing too much for none of the guys. He was taking credit for a lot of the things he was doing. Because how could, how are you going to write for a guy who couldn't read or write? So okay. that's, that's a lot of mixed uh, information in that. But nevertheless, let's jump from that to when I got started. I started recording back in the early 50s. From that time to this time, I recorded 397 records. That's a lot of records. Uh, that's a lot of records. But I was blessed. My first gold record was 1968. 
by '97, nice. and it was called Chicken Heads. It was a gold record. Okay, I remember selling almost nine hundred thousand records out of my trunk. In 1967. 1967. I was one of the first black guys and blues guys who done that kind of numbers uh, independently. Because most of the guys who were doing some things like that, including Muddy Waters, Buddy, Howler Wolf, and Jimmy Reed, and all these guys, mm-hmm. but I had a big record company. But I didn't have a big record company behind me. So I had Kevin Carter, who would BJ Records. Uh, took stuck his neck out. He couldn't put it on his label because the label was going down and tax problem. Okay. So that he leased it to Fantasy Record. But before he leased it to Fantasy Record, it was on own top label. And on top label was a label that Calvin Carter and myself created. And uh, I didn't know what to do with the record because I didn't know about record business. I'm an entertainer. I just know about on the stage. So from that was a big mistake, but then I learned from the not mistakes. So that's kind of like this disturbing Bobby Rush, you know, and I would listen to Muddy Water and Hollywood, Buddy Guys after he came to Chicago, Jimmy Reed. Jimmy Reed was my show enough buddy. Jimmy Reed, <laughs> I got to tell you that Jimmy Reed was a guy who drank a lot and uh, just didn't take care of his body and socialized were, was terrible. But he wanted me to, I wanted to play his guitar. He said, Bobby Rush, talk out his note. I'll let you play my guitar if you go buy me some whiskey. So oh, I, went to, all I, right. went to, I went to buy him some whiskey. And then, and after he had a few drinks, he didn't know what he was drinking, good whiskey, bad whiskey, uh, alcohol, or whatever he was. Right. But he trusted me, and I, and, and, and I cheated Jimmy Reed. I got me a bottle of water. Put it in a bottle, went to the store and got me some whiskey, and I pulled half of it with whiskey and half of it with water. So that dollar twenty-five cent he was sending me to the store every other time, I would put that in my pocket, man. So I go to the store four or five times a day, I make four or five dollars, you know, on Jimmy Reed. He told me one day, he said, He's a Bobby Rush, I gotta go home and take me to my house, drive my Cadillac. So he had this old Cadillac. I got in the car. He said, I gotta go to the bathroom first. I said, I'm going to pull in this alley. And it took me a minute to get in the alley because the car was coming down right, uh, right. Down, uh, down the street. Okay. okay. left trying to go in the alley. When I got in the alley, I said, I said, Jimmy, you can go in the alley now. You can get out and go pee-pee. He said, it's too late now. Oh, no. <laughs> he doesn't need it on himself. Anyway, oh, for God's sake. That's my story of Jimmy Reed. Oh. You, you got me doing what you want me. Baby, what you want to let go? No, baby, what you want me to do? Baby, what you want me to do? Baby, why? Baby, why? Baby, why you want to let go? You could even make it why I let go. Make it show why I let go. Here we go. Baby, why you wanna 
go back to myself. Go ahead. One thing I regret more than anything I ever did in my life. Okay. That was, I knew Buddy Guy as a guitar player, no matter the, the business man, but he had the women, LC was together, putting the club together, you know. And I didn't socialize with him that much because I was on the west side at Walden's Corner. Mm -hmm. He was on the side side with Muddy Water and all the guys. And I was kind of like drifted away from most of the guys, not intentionally, just didn't know. And it was years passed before I know Buddy Guy was from from Miss from uh, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I thought he was from Mississippi someplace. I don't, I don't know why I thought that. And then when I found out that he was from the same neck of the wood I was, and then uh, the last 20 years, I just fell in love with the guy all over again not just from a music standpoint, from a friend standpoint. Right. We start to talk and maybe come to be the best of friends. And I and I regret not knowing him from way, way back in 1957 when he come. I knew him as a musician, right. but not right. as a friend. Well, yeah, you guys, you were you were like two ships back then, two ships crossing oh, yeah, in the night. I was going my way, he was going his way. Exactly. So I, Making your so way had, in the business. Yeah, I was doing my thing, and he was doing his thing, so we never had that much on the stage together. Right. You didn't but know man, that you had that last, much in common. I mean, last, last 20 years, man, I just been in love with his business uh, aspect and his playing ability and where he come from. We both were probably 60 years old, but we made any money in his business. Right. And uh, right. we had the same, some of the same uh, thing happened to us in our life. And we close in that age bracket. Right. I don't know whether he's the oldest, I'm the oldest, but I want to say he's the oldest. You know, <laughs> we're gonna but leave think, age out of it. I think um, I may have him a few days, but but nevertheless, we 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 somewhere in the same area bracket together. You know, that's uh, cool, man. And, and I just love the man. I love his, his sense of humor. I love his business sense, and we both come up the same. We and, hey, we we just did this tune Chicken Head together. That's gonna be out next month. So uh, hey, it's just been a great ride, man. You know, Governor it's funny Mew that did it. Governor Mew did it. Right. And then uh, uh, Kingfish did it, you know. All right. the chicken here. Everybody uh, doing this with me, you know.
daddy told me on his dying day Give up your heart but don't you lose your head You come along girl what did I do I lost my heart and my head went Little girl, little girl, you show sure can cook. Little girl, little girl, you got me. When you cook that chicken, say me to head. I should be working, but I'm home in bed. Thinking about you, dreaming about you, love that girl. Love them chicken heads too. Without your love, I just can't go on. Cause the feeling I have for you is much too strong. Let me in, let me in, let me in, let me ease on My love for you is so doggone strong. Like the Mississippi River, roll on and on. If loving you was a doggone crime I'll be sitting in jail done flat 99 Thinking about you Dreaming about you Love that gal Love them chicken heads too I'm involved with a lot of things now, just to kind of like to let you know what Barbara Rich doing. I just did a, a new video and a song with Tita Jackson. Nice. Five. Yeah. And that'll be out uh, next week or two. All right. I just done a lot of things. Got a Grammy this year. Two years ago, I had a Grammy. Three or four years ago, I had the box set of the year. So that gets, I mean, I've been up for Grammy uh, six times, won three of them now. Been up for a Blues Award. 31 times. I won 18 of those. So Congratulations, I'm in, my friend. I'm in a pretty good, uh, pretty good bra patch, you know? I love it. Yeah. I think it's cool that you and that you and um, Buddy literally for, for quite a while walked in the same path, same same footprint, so to speak. Oh, same and, footprint. And, and from oh, generally the same area, obviously the great state of Louisiana. I yes, see that Saints yes. hat's on. Who dat? And yeah, well, uh, that's why well, I'm, I'm, I'm want to do is to represent my 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 best friend now in the business, my only oldest friend in the business now, is buddy guy. Yeah, and I wore this hat because it's gonna represent our home state. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's and, awesome. And, yeah, and, I mean, and, and he it, got a song. Let me tell you, he got a song that. Tell me. I don't know you tell them. It. He got a song that, that that I was fell in love with the song. The first time I caught the blue, I was walking out in the woods. <laughs> I don't know what his first song, but it's close to the first song that. That I knew, but it got recorded. Now y'all got to hear this song, and then if it, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to play this song and see what the public think about it. 
we're gonna play it. We're gonna play that song so that everybody in their in their neighbor can hear about it. That's awesome.
well, everybody's kind of asking the same question because of last year. Um, how have you been dealing with the quarantine? I mean, I know the quarantine is now pretty much kind of in the rearview mirror, um, mostly, but not completely. So how did 2020, I know everybody had their tour, Buddy was on tour, you were touring. Um, how did how did 2020 and the quarantine um, affect you, and, and what are you doing so far? Well, first of all, it affect me uh, highly. And what I'm doing so far, God had put a hedge around me and and brought me back this way because I was one of the first guys in Mississippi who came down with the virus. Two years ago, in uh, January the 29th, I was in, Memphis, I was in uh, Nashville, Tennessee when I got sick. Just had left out of uh, uh, South Bend, Indiana, mm-hmm. came to Chicago, came home. I went to uh, Memphis uh, for a show in Memphis, and then I left Memphis and went to Nashville. They did a show in Nashville, and that's when I got sick. Oh, boy. So I left Nashville like on a Saturday. Sunday night, I came to Jackson, Mississippi. Monday, my son had to take me to the hospital, the emergency room. Came down with the virus. Mm. It, took me, it took me two weeks to get the test. It took me two and a half weeks to get the test back. Because wow, I, that's a month. Oh, that's a month and a half. Right. And then a month and some days, you know. Right, right. And by that time, when I did taking the test again, uh, it just show up. I was okay. But apparently, by that time, if I had it, I got rid of it. If I never had it, I never had it. But showed that something was all there. So I right. treated what I had. And, I, and, and deep down inside, I just believe I did. But God brought me out of it. I was sick for about nine weeks, man. And uh, of course, now I was off work anyway because she wasn't no work to do. No. Uh, the state, everything was on lockdown. So now I began to work a little bit and get back. Uh, get back to get it? Back, get back to it. But I'm still a little nervous about a few things because what we as a whole, especially my people's itself, there's a lot of people who say they're taking it, haven't taken it. A lot of people who would not take it because of some other belief they shouldn't uh, want to or some harm going to come to them if they take it. But my motto is that we must do the shots like we do food. You sit out at the table. Right. If you're a believer, you ask God to bless the food that you're receiving, that you're getting ready to eat. And, and that's where you and you don't know where it's come from, who picked it, who no. fixed it, or what. No. Shout it the same way. You don't know who give it, who where it come from, What's in it really? You just ask God to bless uh, the intention of it, and and go and do it. So that's my thing about it. And another thing, Amen, Bobby. I, I, I want to tell the people who not taking it: if you don't want to take it for yourself, take it for your parents, for your people, for your children. Take it for me, because the life you say could be mine. Amen, and brother. I treat you like you wish to be treated, because there's too well many said. people who saying they have it. And they haven't had it because in Mississippi, where I'm living now, only 29 or 30 percent of the people in Mississippi have taken the shot. Now, that's a shame. Is it because that's it's not available to them, Bobby, or is it because no, they just don't they, believe they, in it? They don't believe in it. They, 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 don't, they don't believe in it. But whatever the reason, sure. a lot of time, yeah, teach their own. Some, some of the reason come from what happened back in the 1800s, and, and, and rightfully so, sir. Tuba, tuba below uh, in Mississippi, Arkansas, especially Alabama. Right. You know, you know 
and then that thing they believe in some I heard they believe in that the shots is some kind of implant for some to harm you for some other reason. Sure. You know, sure. Sure. You know, some that's some legit reason for people to say that. But there's no reason for you to not to take it because you believe in something someone said. Right. So someone right. says good, you don't believe that. If someone says bad, but you believe that. So right. nevertheless, we're taking the words of someone. So what we have to do as a believer, we have to just trust and ask God to bless whatever.
like something from outer space What kind of woman is this? Mm -hmm. What kind of woman is this? What kind of woman is this? Because God said, Bobby, and Buddy too, for that matter, you've got you've got some Grammys to win, you've got some <laughs> books to write, you got some oh, blues I just, I just to play. Wrote the book, man. I just wrote the book, man. I love it. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it's it. A, it's been out now about five weeks. Okay. About five weeks. And it's done so great, man. Congratulations, so, Bobby. Congratulations. Man, thank you so much. It's called Ain't Stenyard. And it was, I want everybody to buy this book, not just because it, it's just another book. I want people to know that I don't want you to feel sorry for me when you read the book. My ups and downs in my life been like a roller coaster. Sure. And I, I'm, I'm this blues singer and a black man at that. I had my ups and downs. I want you to know that I didn't wallow in my downs. If I can make it out of all the things I went through, you can do it too. That's what I want you to get out of this book. And Amen. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of slack. You know, people, and I told about this, people, like Willie Dixon, children are probably gonna get mad at me when I tell the fact that he didn't write all the songs that he claimed he wrote. But but that's that's part of life. I didn't do it just to make fun of him or right. just, to, right. just to put him down. I did it to set some things straight because that's some people who get money from those who, songs that he wrote. It's it's not that you sh shouldn't get it. Right. But what right. about Muddy Waters kid? What about Hollow Wolf kid? What about a Barbara children? What right, about somebody, right. the other guys who who did write the song? What about their family? Right. You know right. how to help right the wrongs that have been That's wrongs right. for so many years. That's right. You know. I'm with you, man. I, you you know what, uh, Patrick? I'm not talking about I'm the that I had it so bad, like better than any other person no. who have been in this business. I'm just letting you know that it's terrible thing while for me. If I can make it out of this. I know you can make it out of your mess that you're in, out of things that you're in, or you're down. Right, right, right. right. And if Buddy Guy can make it, uh, can own a club behind, been messed over in a, a lot of different ways, 
you can you can make it to it. Bobby Rush can get up out of the get out of the gutter, out of the ghetto, and do well for himself. You can do it too. I'm not saying I'm going as as much as much as well as I like to be, but I'm so thankful for what it is because when I think about what it could have been, I'm so thankful for what it is. I bet. Preach, Bobby. Preach. Yeah. Preach these blues, Bobby. I love it. I love it. Blues is what it is. You know. Speaking so, of blues, let's get together. Let's, you, let me say, if you want to reach back and play a song that I love, now this going this going to take you back. You wouldn't think this is the blues, but it's about the blues. That was a gentleman who wrote a song about a monkey and a buzzard. Louis <laughs> Jr. Louis Jr. was his name. I was a little kid. He wrote this song about the monkey and the buzzard. The buzzard probably was. Not as good friend to the monkey as the monkey was to the buzzer. Okay. So the, buzzer, so the buzzer had some alt with the monkey. He convinced him to go take a ride with him up in the sky because he got wings he can fly. So the buzzer, so the buzzer convinced him to go, and the monkey said, "Okay, I go." But he got up in the air with him, and he started ducking him, flying all kind of crazy, ducking and what have you. And the monkey was put his tail around his neck. To hold on, oh, not sure. trying to choke him, just to hold on, keep him falling off. And the buzzer perceived that he was trying to choke him to harm him. He said, "Oh, the buzzer monkey." He called him brother, brother monkey. You choking me? What are you trying to do? He said, "Well, straighten up and fly right and stop all this ziggity zag." So that was the name of the song. And I started writing about things like I relate to in the country. Sure. So that's my first big record with chicken ears. <laughs> Behind that bucket in the bucket bit, you know. I love it. I was a took a monkey for a ride in the air. The monkey thought that everything was on the square. The buzzer tried to throw the monkey off his back. The monkey grabbed his neck and said, Now listen, Jack. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. Now ain't no use in jiving. What's the use in jiving? Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. The brother told the monkey, you're choking me. Release your grip and I will set you free. The monkey looked the book right dead in the eyes and your story's touching, but it sounds just like a lie. Treating up and fly right. Treating up and fly right. Eating up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top.
Cause she eating up and flying She eating up and flying right Cool down, Papa, don't you love your time Fly right One of your most memorable or favorite performances, obviously you've been performing since the earlier mid-50s, um, thousands of shows, um, 350-plus records. Um, what was one of your most memorable or favorite performances, if you have one that you can think well, of, or a couple of them? 397 record be exactly what I recall. 397. That's a, quite an accomplishment, young man. Uh, I like you already. Young man, I like that. But I tell you... Uh, I don't know what record, uh, what time of day, uh, what record I recorded, which brought, which I like most, but I can tell you what brought fame to me in most. The chicken okay. Head, the first one, Chicken Head. So all the way back to the beginning. All the way back to, well, it wasn't the beginning. Not the beginning, but that particular record. Right, right. And I, uh, I went to, in 1975, I went to record for Kenny Gamaliel up and uh, up in, in uh, Philadelphia. Quincy okay. Jones, all of them up there, and Dojays and, and Man. Blue Rocks, uh, Kevin Butler, a bunch nice. of guys, you know. And I got, I went to, I went to record for them. And they believed in me. But when I went there, they believed in me so hard, they trusted me and they liked the way I write. I went there to steal from them, to learn some things from them. But instead of me learning some things from them, they trust me and put me in the studio. When I got in the studio, they left. They said, Well, Bob Rush, here's a rhythm section, bass guitar to drum, keyboard. Just do what you want to do and record. Okay. You got your engineer, you got everything you want, just do it. And they left me. And I said to myself, but they left me, I said, wow, I didn't come here to do this. I could do this in Chicago. Right. You know, I didn't come here. I come here to watch them work and see where they come up with all these hit records so I could learn what they was doing. <laughs> to make it. You I almost just, said it. We don't yeah. use the word steal. We use the word that, that, borrow. That's what, that's what borrow. But, but, I be, I be, but I can say I come to steal, man. I come to steal the ideas, see what they was doing. Right, right. But they, but they thought so much of me. They said, "Well, wow." They use, they reversed it. So I thought on, on myself. They said, "Well, we are gonna let Bobby go in and cut some stuff." So we right. Find out what he's doing. So I went in and cut song like "Do to do, do to do, y'all get on down and do to do, and da 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 da," and playing guitar and the bass and. Whatever I could come up with them kind of groove, right, know? right. You know, like um, everybody got a nickname, be like that. And I started recording songs like that, and they loved it because they couldn't come up with that kind of concept of the song, right. But I wanted, to, but I wanted to watch over their shoulders, see what they were doing. They would come up with the OJ, yeah, Mike Haddon, all the guys, and I wanted to see what they were doing because I could, I could learn what they were doing with that. I could insert what I do inside of. Exactly. Exactly. So you could incorporate some of that into what you were right. doing. So if you if you see what I do, you can hear the funk, you can hear the rhythm in what I do. Uh, that, that lets you know that I'm watching the younger guys or the other guy. I'm watching Wednesday Jones when they do the Pointer Sisters. You know, I'm watching all them are blues man, but I'm watching what they do. 
Right. That's the right thing. So you hear all this ingredient inside of me. Because when you hear a Bobby Rush, you hear a little Howlin' Wolf, you hear some Muddy Water, you hear some Jimmy Reed, you hear some Ray Charles, you hear Donald Washington, you hear some of this, you hear some of Brooke Benton, you hear some Buddy Guy, you hear from all these elements. And you put it in a bowl and you stir it up and you get a Bobby Ray soup. You're you sprinkling a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then you're you're you're, you're cooking all that up, and then you come up with a barbarish, you know. And Lord knows it's a great recipe because Lord knows it's been it's been awesome, and the music is just incredible. Um, let me ask you. I'm the last one to turn out the light. The last one they call it a night When the clock on the wall says late I still got one more to play But I feel sometimes Like I'm the end of the line
this may or may not be a big thing. Stage presence and showmanship. Obviously, you have a lot of it. I mean, still, you go out there. We saw you in Griffith a few weeks back when you were doing the, the Blues Fest over there in Griffith. Yeah. Um, so with going back to stage presence and showmanship, do you or who did you pattern your style after early? And and who were some of your influences? Like you just mentioned, some of the, some of the people you saw uh, from either Philadelphia and all the stuff that you know, you, I'll just say borrowed a little bit of this. You took a little bit of that, a little bit of that. So tell us, tell the listeners, if anybody, I mean, you, if you, well, if it's just yeah, you, I, that's cool. Yeah, Louis Jordan was one I watched on the stage. Jane Brown, quite naturally. He was come up in the, in the same period of time that I came up. But I watched what he do and, and watched what he did. And uh, I was about to end up Ray Charles, but not so much as a piano player, but as a storyteller, as, as right. everything right. lyrically, uh, I'm just a showman. I'm, this is it's, just, it's not a singing business, a guitar business. It's a show business, and right? So, right. I, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. I love because he was entertainer. You hear all the elements in Bobby Rush, although nice. I'm a right. man. And, and so many bit and pieces I get that I like about uh, guys. I think Ray Charles. I played at the uh, in New York the first one of the first time I was in New York. Okay. Uh, playing at this place, uh, and and I had this band playing top party music, playing a little couple of my songs. Didn't have a two or three songs out, but I was playing most top party stuff. I playing some Muddy Water stuff, playing some Louis Jordan stuff, shoot fly fly, shoot a boogie, things like that. Right. Right. And. And I had a good little band together. And I was getting ready one day. I had played that about five days. We'd done two shows a night and three shows on Sunday. It was a matinee. Afternoon show. It's like a play, you know, you know like a Harlem, like like a playhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Play like a like a play. Uh and Ray Charles said to me, Bobby Rush has eyes closed and goes in the blind. Touch my room. He said, what you doing? I said, Ray, I'm trying to get my show together. I've been here five days. I got to change up a little bit. He said, oh, no. Don't do that, son. We we are both about the same age now, you know. Mm-hmm. He said, don't do that. I said, what you mean? He said, if they're tired of you in this town, change town. Don't change your show because your show is working. And from that on, I started working one night. Or if you play in a place too long, if you're doing a good show and they like it, Stay with your good show. Don't change the show. Just shame places. That's powerful.
just you and me When our working day was done But now when I get home You're either tired or you're gone Black night It used to be When you see my face you quick question give me some of your thoughts on how we we on how we as an industry as musicians like yourself how can we continue the legacy of the blues for the future generations um for the for the kingfishes and all the other young musicians who are coming up and the young kids who haven't haven't been discovered yet how can we keep that uh legacy continuing to go and grow i think we have to keep up front with it and do it like we love it and show people that the blues is something that's all right to do because we can't be ashamed of it because most of the time, black men at my age and even a little younger, they're ashamed of the blues because most of the time, white people will, will talk about the blues being something less than something else no. until they're doing it. When they do it, then it's something good to do. But if to when black people do it, it's something bad to do. Mm. But God, myself, and a few other like myself, we all stick with what we do. But I'm one of the few guys blessed enough to have a white audience and a black audience because I have crossed over to a white audience, but I haven't crossed out the black audience. That's not that's not true to, to a lot of a lot of black guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of black guys have a white following and have very little black following. I'm probably one of the few ones that's left who have probably 50-50 black and white. Okay. You know, I begin to work a lot of my shows now, maybe 75% of my shows now with the white club. It's not because I don't have the, the the grip into the black club. It's just that my management thing kind of threw me into that direction. But, I, but I'm still watching them and myself that I won't, that I won't cross over too hardly and cross all the way out. Because, you know, I, I got to balance it out. Not so much as my money. I got to balance out with my with the people who brought me through this through this rat race. Amen, Bobby.
Um, what was life like as a child or a teenager where you grew up down in Louisiana? Let me, let me say something to you that sure. I, it's in this book, and I never mention its own. Maybe one radio station. Certainly, I haven't talked to you or this radio station about mm -hmm. this. I came from Louisiana, but my great grandparents are from Mississippi. My great great grandmother was a slave to a band spivey. He has six kids by my grandma, great grandma, and five kids by his wife who live in the same house. When he was on his dying bed, he was going to buy land to all his children. And the white kids of my step, white kids of half sister and brother to my great grandma, the white kids stole the black kids from their mom and dad and took them to Eudora, Arkansas, raised themselves in a bond. That's right at the Louisiana line. That's how my dad met my mom. Because on my mom's side, there's no black people. They're all white. Because my mom is blue-eyed and blonde hair. And my mom was my mama when we was out in public. But she was my babysitter. All the time when people could see us, she was my mama when we got home. My daddy was a sugar wow. out in the public. But he was a husband and my daddy. When we got home. I remember must have been 1947 there was two men on the horse two white men on the horse one was leading the horse total of three men my mother named Madden so when he drove up when he came up well, my daddy had drove the wagon up. He said, Maddie, what you doing with this N-word? She said, in this way, she said, I'm N2. He said, no, you're not. He said, no, you don't believe it? Ask Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear was the guy in the store who owned the store. My mama had me to sit at the back of the wagon. I learned now she wanted me to be, she babysitting me now. She's not my mama. She walked in the store, blonde eye, blonde hair, blue eyed, my mama. When she walked in the store, she was no black woman. I could see her in the store through this window now in my mm -hmm. eye, seeing how friendly she was to the white guys. And of course, at that moment, she was a white woman. She was a black woman when she came out. My daddy was in the barn. What puzzled me even to now, today, I don't know what my daddy knew what she was doing, why he couldn't help for what she was doing. I believe my daddy knew and knew she was saving his life because they would have to kill him by being with this white woman. And that was my mama. God bless you. Those are, those are some of the hard things to talk about. And Bobby, even, I mean, I, even Buddy Guy never told him the story. Wow. Um, um, Wow. Well, thank you for that. Uh, what an incredibly powerful story. And God bless your mom. And God bless your dad. God bless you. Um, th that's, that's, uh, that's a heavy story, Bobby. That's a really heavy story. And thank you for, for sharing that with us. Uh, that was very, very uh, emotional. I could tell.
ask you kind of a, a, a I'm gonna throw a curveball your way, a little bit of a curveball. We're gonna go to baseball for a second. Tell us something. Tell us something about Bobby Rush that nobody knows about. I think uh, in this book you find out that I haven't been all this righteous, upright kind of guy. I tell on myself. Tell okay. on I had a drink with Muddy Waters, three beers in my lifetime. I never had smoked a guy high, no bone depression. But I, but I tell in this book that I, I went to jail for knowing experience of you. Conspiracy, okay. About 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 a about a drug deal. It came from way way back, and I didn't ever talk about it because if I had talked about it, I wouldn't be living today. Right. And right. I take the blame for that because I knew about it. The conspiracy, not that I was dealing it, but I knew about the deal, so I was part of the conspiracy. And I had to take the time to do that because my life was at stake. Almost like my dad was at stake with with my mom being a, being this black woman, but she, she had black blue eyes, blonde hair, so she was I, I can't use the word fifty fifty, but whatever the situation is, she was white when she wanted to be or had to be. She was black when she needed to be, wanted to be. So at the time, I did what I thought I knew to do, not knowing because I never been. Someone who drew who drug, but I knew all the people. Everybody thought I was here. So Bobby Rush, hey man, I'll give you some money, man, if you just tell me what it what the guys are using it. What who can who do I see? Right. But I use that for my advantage to try to make me a little money in the deals. You know, because I could point out the guys who do it. But that wasn't right to do either. No, and I, no. And I tell this in the book. Those some of the things I never told. Okay. okay. And and everything about the book, I, I tell the truth about it. Maybe a couple of things in the book I did tell the truth about it. One of them was I said I wouldn't sleep with a fat woman no more. I made a lie about that. <laughs> I made a lie about it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, well, when you're on stage and you bring out the big old panties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, Lord. You know, and, and I love it. I don't know how many times this song has been played or recorded by artists, uh, Big Leg Woman. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, who don't love a big-legged woman? My wife even said, she goes, what's everybody talking about big-legged women for? And I'm like, baby, you don't understand. Yeah, you are, you're not a man. You don't understand that. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're not um, a, a Bobby Richard and a buddy guy. But we understand that. <laughs> Well, I wish I was a catfish Women in a deep blue sea I would have all you good-looking women Fishing, fishing after me Showing up after me Showing up after me Hold up Hold up Just not little. Showing up just not little. Hold on. 
Well, my mother told my father just before I was born, I got a boy child coming, gonna be, he's gonna be a rolling stone, showing up be the rolling stone, showing up be the rolling stone, oh well he's a, oh well he's a, oh well he's a, funny when you look at both shows obviously you're a singer and a showman and a performer and buddy's a guitar player both of you bring an energy to the stage that's just not to be believed and no, and yet two different completely different style shows it's two different style show but but yeah. deep down inside but is but is a but but is a kind of comedian too you know and and and, and you know he's a kind-hearted guy oh. when, you hear, when you hear him cuss on the stage like that he's aware of what he's doing Oh yeah, he know people, know people kind of into that. That ain't really his personality. No, no. And that ain't his personality. That's a part of the show business, man. Exactly, you it's know? all part of the show, and it's all for the show. Business, you know? He may curse, but that ain't really buddy. You know, you know. He no. he. When I met him and sat next to him and talked, um, he was one of the kindest, most humble and gentlest people I've ever met and spoke to. In fact, oh, I was shaking like a leaf because I was just in awe that I was just sitting there and talking to, yeah, you know, to, yeah. to buddy guy and he leans over and he puts his hand on my knee and my knee was like shaking like this <laughs> and he's like he's like hey man relax tell me what you're thinking and i'm like okay and and the rest is obviously pretty much history um as we did our thing but um it, it's amazing when you get to see uh, like you were talking there about the, when you get to see the other side of people not the show yeah. not the artist who's going out and doing what he's doing for the crowd when you get to see who the real Bobby Rush is, the real buddy guy, uh, and yeah. what what they're about, they're family men, they're they're great it's, guys. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't know until I got real close to Buddy to know how mm -hmm. we both come from an area where we weren't very educated, but yet we were smart enough to know that we weren't weren't educated. Right. He's such a good businessman. He like myself. I've been misused and used in every way you could think. To be I couldn't even high. imagine, Bobby. And I remember when he, him and his partner LC were together. You know, I don't want to get into no no thing, but 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 man, Kessa used, but it got up, man. And sometimes he wasn't down to 
protect himself and the, what he knew about what was going on. But man, they took him out, man. Same thing with the Bobby Red. They took me out, you know? Yeah. I was talking to him this morning. I said, man, hey, listen, just you and I left, man. Let's, let's make the last few years a friendly thing and help each other, be with each other. And I'm not, I don't want anything but him, but his love and his friendship and his wish me well. I wish him well. That's all we want, man. That's all Amen. we want. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, that's all we want. We're going to try to live these last little years out being friends and having fun. Having fun and having fun and helping somebody who can't help themselves. Mustang Sally. Guess you better slow your Mustang down.
a minute. Let me talk about this. No, go ahead. Talk. I was so impressed. See, but it, let me tell you something. I'm talking something that I read through him. He tired of the club business because he said something to me and made me think he's tired of the club business. But he do it because he employ a lot of people work for him and he he also give a lot of entertainers and musicians a chance to make money through his club as entertainer and musician. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's the outlet. He wanted a few black men in Chicago have the outlet for people to keep coming and keep performing and keep doing things in musical line because that's where we all come from. So a lot of the time he's, he's like me. He'd rather be home sitting down and cooking uh, hot water bread and cornbread and eating, sitting down and kind of going to show and doing this show and come back relaxing instead of going to the club every night. But that's a part of employing people, part of helping people who can't help themselves. Right on. And I know what it got for that. I, you know, and I do the same thing with my band. A lot of time I do my cushion day, I do my band day. A lot of time it's more economical for me to do my cushion day, nobody but me. But what about my band? These guys been with me 30, 35, close to 40 years. I try to do things in a way, and I'm, a lot of time I'm working for them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You know and, and that's what I do, you know? And when I come to do things with Buddy and Bob Buddy and together with him, I've done it because the love I have for the man who gave so much his time and effort to make people happy. And what do you do? Amen. Guys, my friend, man. Amen. And let me just, I know everybody's talked about it, but man, your band, it's tight. They still they still rock. And I mean, the, the fact that you guys have been together all these years and you're, and you're still doing your thing. And I mean, they still bring it night in and night out and, and, and deliver the goods. So um, good catch. Yeah. Speaking of sh- like doing shows, um, do you warm up your voice? How do you warm up your voice? Anything like that? Or do you just go out there and, um, and do it? I just go out there and do it, man. Because as long as I've been doing it, man, you come from where I'm coming from, my buddy coming from. Oh, the guy, man, come on. Man, we don't want warm up no boy. Just like you're going to pick and cotton. You don't, you don't get up in the morning and go warm up to pick cotton. You go out and pick it. <laughs> you gotta, that pretty on. much sums it up. You don't, you don't get warmed up to go to catch a mule. You go catch it. <laughs> Just too 
whatever I feel. Know where I'm going, I feel like I'm what I'm doing. I got my own damn life to live. I got to be funky. Uh huh, uh huh. Got to be funky. That's that's exactly what it's about. Um, let me ask you a question: Why the blues? Did it choose you? Yeah, me blues is all I knew, and I love it. I love it, and it's all I know. Okay. And I tried to make the best out of it, and I don't use the blues because it's saying the blues because it's something to do. Mm-hmm. I love the blues, and it's, it's something I'm. Uh, it's something that I, that I know about. It. I know how to display it. I know how to write, and uh, and I don't pretend to be the best writer in the world, but I'm close to it. I don't come, I don't say I'm the best entertainer in the world, but I'm close to it. 
And I strive to do what I cannot do because what I can do would take care of self. Mm -hmm. My motto is now to do all I can while I can. Mm -hmm. When that come a time I cannot do, I won't regret what I did not do. Gotcha. I want to ask you a question about something that Buddy and I talked about. One of the very first times I ever got to meet him and sit down with him. Um, As we were talking about doing the radio station and, and this and that, we talked about gospel music and blues music. Now, do you ever see, or how do you see, I should say, let me rephrase that. How do you see gospel music and blues music as being interrelated? Oh, they are related, man, because see, my, my, I left in 1947, went to Arkansas with my father, mm-hmm. who was a preacher in the pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I changed my name from Emmett Ellis Jr., named out my father to Bobby Rush. Mm-hmm. Really not want to do that because I didn't want to bring in the hardship on my father, the respect I have for my father. Okay. Because the blues and gospel is so close related in right. the same direction. Because the same people on Saturday night that I have is the same people come to see my dad on Sunday morning. Same people. And yes. On Saturday, yes. Saturday night is my baby. Sunday morning is Jesus. And that's the only difference in the two of them. Because, because you may have some people uh, think some of it was a devil music, but in my household, it wasn't a devil music. My dad always respected what I did and what I do. He never told me to sing the blues, but he never told me not to sing the blues. Okay. So gospel and blues is the root of all music. If you don't like the blues, you probably don't like your mama. Because it's the root of all music. Baby, where you going with that short dress on, nigga? See, don't, don't don't put that on, baby. You know that dress is much too short for you. Uh, you gonna put it on anyway? Well, when you put that on, baby, you look like a hoochie mama. You see my friend B.B. King, Tyrone Davis, Bobby Blue Man, Lil Milton, Johnny Taylor, and old buddy guy be winking at you. Uh, if you gonna put that on, baby, if you wanna be a hoochie mama, then I can be a hoochie man.
isn't one of the questions but you brought up a really great point and i've thought about this for i'm 62 but i've thought about this since i first learned about the blues when i was really really young why in god's name are they still considering it devil's music does this have to go all the way back with the folklore of of uh i, I don't i don't think it's back so to the much. early days or robert no. johnson or because i don't see it I mean, of course again i'm not preaching i'm just just me yeah there's a plan for that. It's not so much as the guys, it's, it's the devil music. It's the plan that, that sometimes it came from white people who put in the, in the black people's mind of you can't serve two, two masters. And they were referring to that as Jesus and them as a master. You know, you can't serve your father two masters. In other words, they're saying to themselves that until the white people 
start to sing the blue, the blue with the devil music. Anything that threw you away that wasn't good enough to be called what it is, long as black people are doing it. Wow. Now you, now you got uh, white people doing it, and that's all right to do. And that's not so devilish now, not so bluish, because Man. they can do it. Because I remember, uh, Patrick, when maybe 60 years ago, could be less, uh, could be a little more, where they invented a wow wow. So the white guy could sound like the black guys. Now you got black guys behind all the wall wall trying to sound like a white guy who's trying to sound black. I got more lies for you. 
What, what a tragedy. Well, it's, it's a tragic, but it's, it's tragic. It's a bad thing on that end. It's a tragic on that end. But the good thing about it, look how God have blessed you to be in a position so you could tell people about the tragic and let exactly. them know if we're wrong about the move. Because let me tell you something. Now, you, now well, the blues get the less play than any other music in the world. It's I know. Music. But listen how it happens. Very seldom you use a lot of radio stations. Don't play a Buddy Guy record. I don't play a Bobby Rush record. Don't play a BB King. Another blues guy. A lot of the blues guys don't get played. But they'll play a Clapton record. A lot of people what they won't play a BB King, Bobby Rush, I'm Buddy Guy. But that's terrible. Look, I, look what Buddy Guy have set out to do through you and other people around him that support what he thinks and what he do. Now he almost got to create a blues radio so he can get our play. Because blues cats don't get our play. No. A lot of places that you, and I go through the southern state because I'm in the south, a lot of people know me, black people know me that don't know Buddy. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I've been through the roots and the, right. through the right. trenches, man. Yep. That's not yeah. good or bad. But a lot of people don't know a Buddy guy on this side of the fence. Well, it's a shame. And Buddy guy started mm-hmm. on the same route I started. But he make his money on, on with the white club. But now it got to the place here lately, last twenty something years, that the places to play where you can hear the blues, not playing a buddy Bobby, Bobby Rush or Buddy Guy, or nobody in this level of the category. You, you follow me? Yeah, absolutely. Now thank God for Buddy Guy, who saw had a vision to listen. Let's do a Buddy uh, Guy radio, and and you involved with and all the people who. Yeah. Uh, collectively involved with this. Thank you for, for making a, a way where you can hear some Bobby Rush, you can hear some B.B. King, you can hear some Buddy Guy, you can hear a lot of people that you wouldn't hear ordinarily on a lot of other places and a lot of other uh, stations. Exactly. Now, you got to create this kind of thing. Yeah. I do the same thing with my shows. I'm still working for a lot of Chitlin Circuit Club mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Chitlin Circuit and uh, artists Sometimes they don't get a chance to do what I do and draw the people that I draw. Because there are some people who come to Buddy Guy's place just don't go to other places. Some people go on the south side or the west side just don't come down there. They don't mm-hmm. cross that, uh, the, the, the north side to the south side to the west side to the east side. But So I'm still out and trying to do some things in all areas. Right. right. And it makes it hard. So thank you for having this show. Thank Buddy God for having the insight to see what we need this kind of show to keep the blues alive. Every time I leave home, come back, been gone three or four days, a week or what have you, my so-called friends always come up to me, tell me, 
Bobby Rush, I saw your lady done whatever and with whoever while you was gone. I just said, hold it. Because if they were really my friends, they wouldn't be talking about what they saw her do. They would tell her, don't do old Bobby Rush like that. I heard a lady tell another lady the nice child, my husband, you give me but a hundred and fifty dollars this week. The other lady said, huh, if that were my husband, give me but a hundred and fifty dollars, I'd have thrown it back in his lap and got a divorce. And the woman was saying it don't have no man, money, or no husband. She just wants you to leave so she can move in, get what you got. So you tell your friend what I told my so-called friend. That's what I told her. See, my mama done told me to leave the girl alone. My daddy done told me to 
you think I'm gonna leave my woman because what somebody said? They just want me to leave so they can move in and get what I got. Donna Taylor, I ain't studying you. I tell you, I ain't studying you. I ain't studying you. Wow. I tell you, I ain't studying you. Do you think that the blues music will ever achieve the mass appeal it really deserves? That's a loaded question. I think it is, and I apologize. And if you're not cool with it, that's okay. You know, I, but no, no, I can, I can, I can do my best to answer the best way, my best of my knowledge. I think it won't happen in the way that is happening now. I think people have to understand this. Time have passed. Young people come along. They look at the blues in a different way. Then Buddy and I looked mm-hmm. at it when I came on. Mm-hmm. If you notice my show, I kind of insert a lot of things in my show. Mm-hmm. That's why you got people like Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent all look at me, and they don't. They don't. They just. They just just started looking at me. They looked at Jane Brown. Mm-hmm. They looked at Prince and people like that, and Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and they looked at that Jane Brown and looked at me. Because mm-hmm. I look, I said this to you, and I never said this openly on radio before. The the, the rappers watch what I do because mm-hmm. my thing is kind of funky. And if it wasn't for a Bobby Rush, probably wouldn't be no fifty cent, be a dime, a quarter, something like that. And and, and they watched me, and I did this movie or uh, with Eddie Murphy. Dolomite is my name. I know all the guys. Respected me so highly, everybody, Eddie Murphy, everybody was involved. They respected me so highly, and I was knocked off my feet what they knew about me. Right. right. So they watches me and watch what we do. So I said to myself on another occasion, I said, well, everybody kicking at the rappers because they ride white their pants down. I'm not telling you I endorse the pants down, but what I do endorse if you lift the head level up, the pants will come with it. That's what we have to do as men, as black men, and as music men, as blues singers. Let them know that, see, we, we can't keep doing the same thing we do without having modification of what we do. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just, like now, just, just 25 years ago, we couldn't have this Zoom and be this no. professional no. and perfect right. body. Right. Times have changed. This is a new day. This new yes, day. Sir. Yes, sir. It's a new day. But you got to understand the more things have changed, more it remains the same. If I wrote this book about my life, that probably would have been something different. I wrote in this book if I just had to wait it one year later. When they marched on the White House, I may I may have wrote something different, thinking that change have changed and it still remains the same. You can change uh, a yep. man. Yep. You can make a law that a man must treat a man equal, but you can't change his heart to have a desire to treat you equal. 
Yeah. Amen. Bobby. If a if a man is a wife beater and beat his wife, and he learned he shouldn't do that, he learned better. He now, now he's not a wife beater, but he still is a wife beater who learned not to beat his wife. That's the taking I think of it. It's just it's almost like modification. We got to get used to the, the modification and the thing we do in the blues fashion, blues way, because I remember. But myself and Buddy Guy remember this too. When we had an outside toilet, not an inside toilet, we had to go outside to go to the restroom. Right. Now we got toilet inside the house. They smell good, it looks good, but guess what? Everything you do in them is the same. Nothing has changed. Just modification in the look and the smell of them. But what you do in them haven't changed. So wow. everything wow. has changed. But yet, it remains the same, you know? I came home the other day, found a note on my door. It read, Bible verse, I'm gonna tell you something, I don't wanna be your woman no more. Hope you're not mad, but I hope you understand. This is a big decision, and I got busy with another man. Sleeping alone by myself, and the one you're loving, sleeping with someone else. Only consolation I get when I break down and cry, and nobody here, nobody here but me and my seven eyes. Oh no, me and my seven eyes. Woke up this morning, about to break a day. Looked at my pillow where my baby to lay. I went to the window and I peeped through the blind. Thought about my baby, I couldn't keep him crying. I'm living alone by myself And the one I'm loving, loving someone else Only consolation I get when I break down and cry Nobody here, nobody here but me, my seven eyes Oh no, just me and my seven eyes Baby, I didn't hold your hand in your lonely time Maybe I didn't tell you you was on my mind The little thing I should have said and the little thing I should have done I was so busy, I was always on the run Now I'm sleeping by myself And the one that I'm loving with someone else The only consolation I get Is when I break down and cry Cause nobody here Nobody here But me, my seven eyes Uh-huh Just me and my seven
I'm not the only one been in this bad position. A lot of people have. Uh, you, we always talk about the foot being on your neck, foot being on my neck all of my life in, in, in this direction from lack of uh, lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. lack of opportunity to do the things I wanted to do mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do. I want the world to know that I left Louisiana in 1947 with the Pine Bluff, Arkansas with my father. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get to Chicago so bad because in the southern state, I couldn't do things I wanted to do as a black man. I couldn't go to places I wanted to go as a black man. All if I had to go around to the back door to do things, uh, get service mm -hmm. at a food store sometime at a restaurant. I had a white side and a black side. They had a white fountain and a colored fountain to drink water from. Wow. But wow. I went to get to Chicago so I could be free. That was my heaven, I thought. But when I got to Chicago in the early 50s, J.B. Lenore took me to a place in suburb of Chicago in Blue Island where I played behind a curtain in a white club where he wanted to hear my music, but they didn't want to see my face. So now, I'm, now I got a brick wall. What I come to Chicago for? It's the same thing with the South. But now I really was at a point in my life I didn't know who to turn or who to turn or who to talk to. Yeah. Because yeah. That was, that's all I knew, that I was going to go to Chicago and be free as a black man. And when I found out, my blackness followed me all the way there. Yeah. And it's still yeah. doing the same thing. So myself and Buddy Guy, especially, we was old men before we made in the money, doing what we do. What a tragedy. Hat off to Buddy and you and the station and everybody who keeping the blues alive. I take my hat off. But you got to understand, even if I keep the blues alive, things are different. Things are changed. We must modify the approach to it. And that's simply that.
you know, a few nights ago, a lady came up to me, kind of heavy, but nice. Strange thing happened when she took me by a house. Uh, let me kind of explain to you what happened. A few nights ago, I was doing a show. I was tired, and I was ready to go. When this woman came up to me, she said, Bobby, come go home with me. I said, yes, spoke too soon. When I got in the bed with her, she didn't leave no room. She was a big fat woman with a little bitty bed. Would you sit on the side of it? She almost sit on my head. What else happened while I was by her house the other night? I was laying down, trying to get my rest. This big fat woman rolled over on my chest. I was huffing and puffing, trying to get my breath. This great big woman almost mothered me to death. I looked up at her, and all I saw was a big green. She's a bobby race beastie. I heard what I heard I was running down the street, y'all Just as naked as a jaybird I ain't gonna sleep no more With a big fat woman I ain't gonna sleep no more With a great big woman I ain't gonna sleep no more, y'all With a woman this big I ain't gonna let this big woman Give me a heart attack, kill me let me tell y'all something else she did to me too When I first went by A house that night That girl sure made Sure made things right Put me in a bed Then she rubbed my head Then she told me Bobby And here's what she said She said she wanted me She had her legs all up against the wall Because he don't care who he be stroking with <laughs> And that's for real Hey Kyle Yeah man well, Somebody take the big woman That knocked me down Hey Bobby I'll take it She got some money Well I don't know about that But listen I ain't got nothing to get back with I just don't want her to sit on me You know what I mean don't you Now anything else is alright But I, I ain't gonna sleep with her You know why She done bumped me out the bed She done bust my lip <laughs> Roll over on me, dislocated my hip. 
want? I want you, Bobby. Well, uh, hey, Bobby Bland. Uh, Once you come take this fat woman. I don't want nobody Blaney. How about Tyrone Davis? I don't want no Tyrone. I want you, Bobby. <laughs> But now you make like you're ashamed to sleep with me. Well, well, I don't, I don't mind sleeping with you, but you got a little weight on you, know? Your weight three on you. Didn't mind, you didn't mind, you didn't mind, you didn't sit on me before. Well, well, I've been sent on, but not by a woman as big as you. Well, what difference does it make, Bobby? You didn't say that last night. Well, well, you see, last night, baby, you were doing things that I couldn't resist. You know, your big women's show know how to make a man feel good. You see, y'all got it going on. Uh, 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 don't rub on me like that, baby. See, you don't make me change my mind. Now I want to sleep with you again. So bring your fine stuff over here to sit on me. Oh, 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 whoa, no. One of the questions I was going to ask you is like, what stories, Bobby, does the blues tell you? But you've already told me all the stories, what, various different right. stories. But if you want to add to that, some, go ahead and add to it. I can tell you, if someone asked me, so Bobby Rush, why do you sing the blues? Is it because your woman left you? And I often say yes. You can have your blues. You can have the blues when your woman leaves you. Mm-hmm. But you can also have the blues if they stay too long. Mm. Great point. Great point. Let me, okay. let me let me show you where I'm coming from. So go ahead, Bobby. No. Have you ever been mistreated by someone you showed up love? Have you ever been mistreated by someone you showed up love? Out of all the men my woman could have left me for. She left me for the garbage man. No matter how bad she treated me, still can't get it out of my mouth. No matter how bad she treated me, still can't get it out of my mouth. Every time I see a garbage can, I think about hurting a garbage man all the time. If you ever get my woman to come back home, I'm gonna buy myself a garbage truck. If you ever get my woman to come back home, people, I'm gonna buy myself a garbage truck. And when my garbage can't get full, I'm gonna take it and dump it way, way out in the woods. And that's the blues for you, Bobby. That was the most incredible thing I have ever seen, and of all the shows I've done, that. That's the blues, right? 
is done. Going out tonight, y'all, so I can have me some fun. Going to the club to buy myself a drink. Gonna party all night long until I can't go. Gonna have some fun and party all night. Drink and drink and get high as a cat.
any question I didn't ask you? No, I, I just want I just want uh, you to know I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say something about my book and about the music itself. But the most thing I want people to know that on this show, the Buddy Guy Show, I want the world to know that he's my best friend, someone I look up to so highly. I'm not saying it because it's this radio show. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm saying it because I spent a lot of time, buddy, a lot of time, a lot of my years, not having a conversation with buddy guy and out of this, as a just musician friend, when I should have come to him and just sit and talk to him. Now, these few years I got left in my life, I'm going to make this my best year with Buddy because we talk the same kind of talk so the same kind of stomping ground and hopefully God will bless us so we can do some things together have some fun together make some money together help someone together and keep the blues alive together other words I think about him more than I think about anybody in my life now because of our age where we come from Mm -hmm. and the other two guys left and I tell him he don't have to love me but I love him and he can't do a damn thing about it Bobby on behalf of Buddy Guy his radio station and all your fans I can't thank you enough for sitting down today and taking the time to do this with us. This, this, is, uh, this is a treasure that I'll hold dear for the rest of my life, to be able to sit and speak with you and to hear these stories. These are the greatest stories. And this is why we do this, to help keep this moving forward and to let people know who, who don't know that much about you. Now they got an insight into your heart, into your life, into your music. Uh, the music you chose tonight, you did a fabulous job. You did a great job picking out some music that just meant everything in the world to you. And on behalf of Buddy Guy Radio, I want to thank you for taking the time. But, Bobby, I'm going to let you take us out. You thank, Bob, you thank uh, your friend, uh, let, Buddy let Guy, and send, send the listeners on their way, sir. Let me thank uh, Buddy Guy personally and all the friends and fans around the country. And I want to say to you, thank you for what you have done, what you've done what you plan to do because what you say about me, buddy guy, and the music that we play is what people perceive us to be. So thank you for being kind to us to say good things enough to make people come to us, let people know that we mean good about them and for them. And the blues is the only thing you need in your life because the blues is the mother of all the music. If you don't like the blues, you probably don't like your mama. You know, I forgot to ask one other question. One other question. You, you, you just recorded a new record. One, the one you were on the record with Ms. Lowe. <laughs> yeah. She, she did a great job. I've been playing it since she dropped it. Um, tell me a little bit about that real quick before we end the show. Uh, just a great, great song. And what a great lady. And been with you all these years, man. I, I did it. I did it because she'd been dancing with me for many, many years. She wanted to do this thing. Uh, uh, and she wanted to come come from uh, down in Washington kind of a area and kind of 
in that direction. I said, well, let me write a song. And so I want to write this song that says her personality. And I think I picked the kind of song that says her personality. I ain't giving it up. She's doing great. It's going. I'm, thank you for playing it. And she's going to do well with it. And we're just getting ready to do This is just beginning. This is just sure. beginning what we're going to do for Bobby, much love, much happiness, much good health to you, my friend. And we'll see you out there on that blues highway, baby. We're all on the blues train together, and we're pulling Thank that you. horn, baby. And much love for you, brother. I love you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Keep it up, buddy guy. I love you, man. You can't do nothing about it.